Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Creepy is proud to be a part of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network. This show and the 31 Days of Horror is made possible thanks to our patrons. So please join me in welcoming and thanking new patrons. James, Kate Lenz, Frankie, Kate Schrader, Jody Mooney, Jim Parma, KT Mitz, Kiowa Kendrick, Sinead Curry, Jesse Kuna, Lisa Evans, Christy S., Jess Quintana, and Tony. Our patrons make this show possible. That's why for all of October 2019, new patrons at the $5 and above level get, in addition to their rewards, a limited edition creepy podcast refrigerator magnet to go along with their shoutouts, bonus episodes, and more. Remember, not only do they get the 31 episodes in October, but 19 additional bonus episodes. That's 50 episodes on top of the 400 Patreon-exclusive episodes they get immediate access to just for becoming members. If you'd like to see how you can support this podcast and get rewards on top of rewards for doing so, please check out patreon.com slash creepypod. And after you listen to today's episode, if you're still in the mood for something a bit dark, go check out The Sirens of Horror. Ella Ivella and Ash Vicious talk about all things spooky and sexy from monsters to creepypastas and, of course, horror movies. Check out their link in the show notes. And while you're at it, leave them a good review. No one podcasts alone. Now. This is Creepy. A podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepypastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Creepy Presents The 31 Days of Horror, Day 3, The Bait Shop, written by Crispy Wrights and narrated by Steve Blizzon. The last thing I remember, I was talking to some girl at this shitty little dive bar in Tampa. She said something about how she knows a guy who knows a guy. Next thing I know, it's four in the morning and I'm staring at a neon sign that reads Bait Shop at the end of a one-lane road in the middle of swampy fuck-all Florida. My phone and my wallet are gone. My clothes are soaking wet. And I've got a piece of yellow nylon rope tied around my waist. I can see movement inside the shop, so I push open the rusty screen door, and this strange blue light swirls into view. It's an image of a grizzled old man standing behind the counter. He looks right at me and starts rambling, like some kind of motion-activated hologram. It looks like some sort of projection, but I can't see the source or the projector. It's weird, but I'm way too fucked up to try to make sense of it. 
Then the image launches into this speech. South of the mouth of the Little Manatee River, there's an unmarked one-lane road that runs off the main highway. It cuts back through the mangrove trees and ends at a kind of a natural boat ramp. It's known to the locals as Smuggler's Cove. I call it the Road to Ruin. See, this place is a fisherman's paradise. You can catch tarpon, snook, speckled trout, redfish, and flounder. Hard fighters and line busters like Jacks and Pompano. There's limited parking and it fills up fast on weekends, so if you've come to fish, you best arrive by dawn. And if you're new, don't be surprised to find all your tires flat when you get back. None of the neighbors are going to be holding out a welcome sign, and a few of them might even get a little protective if you start poking around their favorite fishing spots. Cockroach Bay is a maze of mangrove swamps, hidden inlets, open flats, and glory holes. The water's brackish, where the river meets the gulf. On good days, the water's crystal clear, and you can see rust-colored currents of fresh water carrying tannins out into the gulf. Mullet jump and splash by day. And at night, you can hear the snook chase bait up into the mangrove knees. They make a kind of a popping sound as they open their big maws and suck in everything in their reach. There's raccoons, armadillos, snakes, and alligators that amble by. Cranes, pelicans, and great blue herons will snatch the fish right off your line, so watch yourself. You learn quickly that you're not the only predator out here. It's mostly peaceful living, mostly. But every now and then, the tides bring trouble. Name's Chet McCullen. Most call me Skip. I run this old bait shack, and I've seen some shit out here, son. Crazy shit. Something about Florida makes people go native. Maybe it's the sunshine, or maybe it's the rain. But if you stay here long enough, things start to get fuzzy. I've seen happy couples move from snowy states, and after a year in the heat, they're slip-sliding around like a reptile in a mud patch. Drowning in debt, cheating on each other, backstabbing friends, robbing, killing. Hell, and that's just the cops. You should see some of these God-fearing people in church on Sunday mornings. Them sermon meetings look like a swipe through a tender date list. Preachers and daughters, teachers and schoolboys. Seems people devolve and regress back to their old lizard brains just like the things that crawl out of these swamps. All that fucking only leads to hurt feelings. Hurt turns to anger, and the next thing you know, they're fishing bodies out of the mangroves and putting the catch of the day on the six o'clock news. You wanna know what I think? I think that just gives people ideas. People that's thinking about doing something evil, they don't need any ideas. I blinked and rubbed my eyes trying to make sense of what I was seeing. I was still pretty groggy as I shifted my weight from one foot to the other. My shoes oozed water when I moved. I looked down at my feet and the old man started up again. I've been working this bait shack from sunup to sundown nearly every day for the past 29 years. I've seen my share of shady suspects. This here is the tank for live shrimp. This one here is where I keep the dead. I got sardines, pinfish, and greenbacks over there. Live crab and dead mullet for tarpon over here. 
There's cold beer in the cooler, fresh line on the pegs, sinkers, bobbers, plastic baits, and lures. But I don't sell no ammo, so don't ask. A week ago last Sunday, I had a fella come in and ask me if I had any cinder blocks for sale. Cinder blocks. Now you think about that. What in the hell does anyone at a boat ramp need with cinder blocks? It don't take no FBI profiler to figure out they're trying to weigh down a body. I've had folks ask me for duct tape, rope, Benadryl, and trash bags. I've had people ask if I offer Wi-Fi, have cameras on the premises, or if I keep a log of license plates. Now why on God's green acres would I care what you do here? I operate an all-night bait shack in a backwater swamp on the Gulf Coast of Florida, son. I got no business getting into your business, and I'd appreciate it if you'd leave me to minding my own. Had a couple come in here one weekday, both of them hopped up on something. They was covered in tattoos, body piercings, and dreadlocks. And both of them was wearing clothes covered in dried blood. The guy's towing this six-foot flat-bottom John boat filled with black trash bags, and he tells me he's fixing to take his girlfriend fishing. The girl just sort of stood there and twitched and blinked at me with hollow eyes. That boat ain't fit to be on a small pond in a light breeze, let alone out in the goddamn Gulf of Mexico. The old boy buys two cold beers, a bag of Doritos, and asks me if I got any worms. Worms? I says. What do you need worms for? You ain't even got a fishing pole. The boy genius shrugs, and he and his twitchy lady friend take off for parts unknown. Lo and behold, for the next three days, real fishermen are finding body parts floating all up around the mangroves. Seems our happy couple wasn't happy with their drug dealer friend and his cohort. So they chopped them both up into tiny little pieces and spread them all around the bay. Every now and then I get a kid who shows up in here, curious, smiling, all proud of their catch. Most of the time, they'll ask me what they just caught. <laughs> Always gives me a chuckle. Well, young feller, that one there is called a sheep's head. Look here. Look up close at its teeth. Kind of look like human teeth, don't it? They use them big chompers to bite through barnacles that grow on the pilings of piers in the bottom of boats. Yes, sir. That's a good-eating fish. Now let me snap your picture and I'll post it up here on this wall. I was tugging at the knot in the rope tied to my waist when I realized the old man had gone quiet. I looked up to see he was turned away from me and pointing to a wall covered with pictures of people holding up fish. I seized the moment of silence and asked if he had a phone I could use. He snapped back around to face me and began talking like I wasn't there. I couldn't get a word in edgewise through his well-rehearsed speech. This old boy come in here one evening and buys a bucket of greenbacks and four dozen live shrimp. Tells me he plans to be fishing well into the wee hours. Seemed odd he'd make that distinction since most people just come to fish. Time don't matter once you're out on the water, unless you're wearing a badge or playing hooky from your boss or your spouse. Anyway, he's about 50 and he's with these two fine young blonde girls who are barely contained by their bikinis, if you get my drift. The girls wait outside, smoking cigarettes and getting all giggly and jiggly next to his boat. One girl had on this American flag pattern bikini top, 
The same one you see hanging up over there. The other one had on something camo, if memory serves. So the old boy takes his buckets, the girls, and goes out with the boat. Come about three o'clock that morning, I hear him pull in all nice and quiet-like. And I can see he's all alone on that boat. Now where did them two young girls get to? And why is he trying to be so quiet? Two weeks later, I'm out on my skiff, and I found this here bikini top tangled up in the mangroves, all bleached by the sun. Now, it don't take no genius to figure out something's not kosher, but I don't bother with the sheriff, and he don't bother with me, so unless he comes asking, I'm not going to brag about my little find. But you know all these little islands and inlets around here are plumb full of secrets. Some of them good ones, and some of them bad. I was only half listening and back to working on that knot again when a wave of despair washed over me. I suddenly felt weak, wet, and uncomfortable. And I was really creeped out by these stories. But since he had paused long enough for me to cut in, I asked again if I could borrow his phone. His expression changed for a moment, like he registered my request, but then the image glitched, pixelated, and trembled like he did a hard reset. For a moment, I expected his whole speech to start over again from the beginning, but he picked up where he left off. Mister, you ever hear a square grouper? That's what they used to call it back in the day back when stray bales of cocaine or marijuana would wash up from some smuggler's failed haul. Used to be crazy out here with all the cigarette boats blasting through these waters, but I guess all those drones and satellites they got out here nowadays have caused the smugglers to change tactics. A few of my neighbors found a few. Square grouper, that is. They'd spot them bobbing up and down in the water and gaff them, bring them on board. You find any of them square groupers, son, you best keep that news to yourself. These people who lose them, they don't believe in finders keepers. These days, it's mostly meth, MDA, and heroin. The fact that you're standing here? Well, thank your lucky stars that you haven't wound up on the wrong end of a needle. I thought, how does he know I'm standing here? But by now, I figured this hologram thing was just some kind of cheeky attempt at security. I waved my arms around to see if I could trigger the motion activation and make the thing start up again. I started looking around for any sign of a telephone. The old man sparked to life again as I approached the counter. My shoes squished, leaving wet footprint stains on the dry wood plank floor. So what's your story, friend? What brings you out here to this sportsman's paradise? The old man asked me. Before I could answer, the image flickered and jerked as it evaporated into digital static, disappearing as quickly as it appeared. Hello, Bill Band here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. 
Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I peered over the counter hoping to find a phone or maybe the source of that projection. There was nothing back there but barren shelves and a rustic wood plank floor. So I stepped back outside the bait shop to look for a payphone. The sun was just beginning to come up in a thick, honey-colored haze. I remember thinking how comforting it made me feel to see it. Then I looked down at my damp and sandy clothes, and I realized I still had this yellow nylon rope tied around my waist. My head was pounding. I had this terrible taste in my mouth, like I could taste the bay, the salt, the sand, and the mangrove trees around it. I fidgeted and tugged at the knot, but my wrinkled, wet fingers slipped easily off the plastic rope. I figured I would have to cut this off of me and turn back to open the bait shop door. But the building was gone. There was no trace of it. I was standing in a clearing in the mangroves, large enough to turn a car around in. Then I could see something white near the water's edge. A concrete Celtic cross covered in plastic flowers. A great blue heron was standing vigil nearby, watching me like I was lunch. I rubbed my eyes. What was happening to me? How the hell did I wind up here? I looked up the road towards the sunrise, then back down to the water, trying to remember anything that would help me figure out how I got here. Then I heard the faint sound of approaching car wheels rolling slowly down the unpaved road. Thankfully, somebody was coming. A man in a rusted-out pickup truck towing a boat trailer pulled up beside me. Obviously a local, he seemed ready for a day on the water. He rolled his window down, staring at me intently before speaking. With a quizzical expression, he asked if I was okay, never moving his eyes away from mine. Before I could answer, he asked, What happened to you, son? I'm I'm not sure, I said with a nervous tremor in my voice. He smiled with strange elation revealing a troop of missing teeth. "'By God,' he said. "'You're one of them.' "'Them?' I said, my wet clothes weighing heavily against my skin as I approached. "'Hop in, son. I'll take you up to Route 41.' 
Where, where am I? Safe, son. Safe, the man in the pickup truck responded. You're going to be okay. As I climbed into the cab of his truck, he leaned over and opened the glove box. A long fillet knife lay sheathed inside the compartment. Here, he said. Use this knife to cut that rope off. Coil it up and keep it, son. That's a genuine souvenir. He smiled when he said it like he was just as happy to see me as I was to see him. How far are we from 41? I asked as he guided the truck through the tight turnaround. The rusty truck groaned, complaining as we moved. Not too far. Four miles, maybe. There's a gas station with a payphone you can use to call for help, the old man said. How do you know? I stopped before I asked the question, realizing my predicament was more obvious than I assumed. So I asked him about the bait shop. Bait shop? He said, Son, there ain't no bait shops around here for miles. He smiled his toothless grin and said, You ain't the first to ask about it, though. See, folks around these parts been hearing tales about that bait shop for nearly 30 years. I reckon some folks met a watery grave back near where you were standing. Seems there's a certain kind of evil that grows wild in these swamps. People say that Every now and then, some evildoer will take somebody out into the bay and try to drown them. Sink the body back in one of those deep glory holes where no one's ever going to find the bones. That's just what happened to a local boy named Skip. I guess some drug dealers didn't like him poking around their smuggling operation, so they sank him in the bay, tied to a piece of concrete. But the knot didn't hold. And eventually, Skip come up to the surface. Skip? I asked with a stammer. Skip McCullen? The man took his foot off the gas pedal and coasted to a stop. His face turned white as he turned to look at me. Almost angrily, he asked, Now how would you know that? We sat there for a good minute looking at each other. Not sure either one of us wanted any answers. Finally, I told him. He was in the bait shop. He told me his real name was Chet. The old man's shoulders fell, and he sighed deeply. The air felt thick and humid. A silent moment passed between us like a canyon as he pushed his sunglasses up to wipe tears away. He spoke to you, he said now sobbing loudly. I wasn't sure how to respond. Do I tell him the truth and upset him further, or keep this bizarre hallucination to myself? I was more confused about my circumstances than ever, and I had to tell someone. So, I told the man about the bait shop, and the strange and practiced speech the proprietor had prepared. At times... The old man beside me sobbed and trembled uncontrollably. He seemed to hang on every word. When I finished my story, the man thanked me. For what? I thought. For telling him I had some weird hallucination in a backwoods Florida swamp? For soaking through the seat cloth in his antique pickup truck? 
for making him give up his day on the water so he could drive me back to Route 41? I couldn't make sense of anything. Abruptly, he leaned over and pulled a wallet out from his back pocket. He fidgeted around, pulled out the driver's license, and handed it to me. Name's Robert. Robert McCullen. But most folks call me Bug. Chet was my brother. I'd heard these tales about that mysterious bait shop for years. Dismissed it all as rumor. Drunk tales told to scare kids or make my brother out to be some kind of local ghost story. I thought, when I first saw you, you might be the real thing, but I held on to my suspicions until you said his name. You see that big white Celtic cross back there, son? He dabbed at his moist eyes with an old bandana. I put that there for Skip. I saw it, I said. But only after... After the bait shop disappeared. I didn't look at it too closely. I, It sort of freaked me out. And there was this great big tall... Blue, blue heron. heron, the man said in almost perfect unison with me. Yeah, it just kept staring at me. But then you rolled up and I... What the hell happened to me? I blurted. How did I wind up here? Why am I soaking wet? And what the hell is with that rope? I was angry, tired, confused. I needed answers and dry clothes. The old man sighed and started up the truck again. You're safe, son. That's all that really matters, he said as the truck lurched forward, pulling the trailer off the shoulder. Then he continued. You see, these stories people tell, they always happen after someone gets in trouble. Someone gets hurt and they wind up back at that boat launch. They turn up wet, confused, unsure what happened. Some say they went into a bait shop trying to find a phone. Almost all say they knew they were going to die. Like this half-naked blonde girl that showed up at the gas station one morning. She told the sheriff she'd been left to drown in Cockroach Bay. Said she was forced to watch some guy rape and murder her best friend on a boat out in the bay. Somehow, she got her legs untied and got away. She tried to swim to safety, but he hit her with his boat. She couldn't explain how she survived, but there she was in all her naked splendor, talking on the payphone when I drove by. Seemed like a lot of trouble to go through just to stick to a story. They caught the old boy that done it, and he did confess to what she said. So, you think something like that happened to me? I asked. You had that rope around your waist, son. Look down at the end. Is it frayed or worn out looking, or does it look like a clean cut? The old man asked, keeping his eyes on me. I picked up the coil of yellow rope by my feet. I followed it to the ends, expecting to see loose strands and frayed bits, but it was cut clean, like a surgical knife sliced through it. 
It was a far cleaner cut than the jagged cut I made near the knot with that sharp fillet knife laying in the glove box. It's clean, I said. Does that mean something? The old man nodded. Means you didn't just pop up by accident. Somebody tried to hold you underwater, tied you to something so you wouldn't be found. Somebody, or something else, came along and made sure that didn't happen. My brother. The old man paused to choke back tears. My brother always wanted a bait shop. Always said, someday when I get rich, he was going to build one at the end of that road. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or email us at CreepyPod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Item number SCP-5186. SCP-7160. SCP-7533. Object class. Euclid. Keter. Safe. Special containment procedures. Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust. <laughs> the only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing. Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.